Did you know that wedding season is upon us and that 52% of brides do not have sex on their wedding night? We're going to be talking with somebody tonight who's going to clarify if it is the reason for this is that there are too many bridezillas around there. Tonight here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. I am Maureen McGrath. I am your host, S, with the... Most S, least S, <laughs> whatever S, doesn't matter S. Anyway, how are you? What a gorgeous day today. Uh, welcome to the Sunday Night Sex Show. Remember, listener discretion is advised, so please do put the children to bed, grab a glass of wine, lie down there with your lover, and keep me tuned in and turned on. And hopefully I will do the same for you. Tonight on the program, we're going to be talking about conscious dating. Mimi Lazon, relationship coach and matchmaker, joins me tonight to discuss a better way to meet your lifetime mate. As I said, wedding season is upon us. And according to a study of over 2,000 people commissioned by Voucher Codes Pro, 52% of newlyweds do not make love on their wedding night. And 17% wait more than three days after the ceremony. I think they're wondering if they did the right thing. Jennifer Logan Manser joins me to help understand if this phenomenon is, in fact, due to the Bridezilla syndrome. Last week, I had Connor Beaton on the show, who is the creator of Man Talks, the School of Greatness. Well, I attended part of that event yesterday and met Muzzy, a self-diagnosed great guy who wants to be that much greater. So he's going to join me on the show tonight as well, and he's going to talk about some of the things that he has done a little bit too much, and then he stopped one and started something else. Anyway, we'll get into that in the second half of the program, where things get a little bit more risque. Keeping it clean, I got out my hoga mat, and I've started my personal training with the incredible Sean Seal yesterday. After some time on the phone and in the car, neither of which sounds good when you're a sex expert, we did get going, and I am very impressed. He's not so much impressed. But he's going to join me tonight for uh, to give you some tips on getting going on a training program. It's the best money you'll spend. Also, is your relationship heading to the next level? Well, I'm going to discuss fantasies and fetishes and why you should talk to your lover this way. Did you know that for some women, sex is always painful? For some, it is, a tr it is transient. But I want to tell you a story about a letter I wrote to a doctor on behalf of a patient, and the response I got was shocking. It is no wonder that only 5% of women are treated for a particular vaginal health issue when 70% of these women will have this problem. How do you feel about porn? Do you feel it is a public health crisis? Well, there is some latest research out that reveals that this might, in fact, be the case. It's related to how men are treating women. It is related to how men respond when they see a woman who is being sexually assaulted. This is what could be ruining our lives. Also, what's the buzz? Where I will educate you about the latest sex. I tried to, I tried to be good. I hope you've got the kids to bed. I hope you have them in bed. The latest health aid <laughs> that I am testing out in the name of science. And later on in the program, I will be giving out one of these health aids that buzzes, that turns on uh, to some lucky listener. So you can give me a call if you have any questions at all. The number to call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can always email me, sextalk at cknw.com. 
As you may or may not know, if this is the first time you're joining the show, the show is now two hours. I am a registered nurse by training with an with expertise in the field of sexual health. I'm also a Huffington Post blogger, a researcher, an all-around lover of life, and of course, sex. And I could not do the show without the fine technical production assistance of Mike. Mike, thanks so much. Oh, no problem. Great Thank you again s- for keeping me here. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for being here. It's uh, been my pleasure. fantastic. All right, that's good. So we're going to open the phone lines. And uh, so if anyone has any questions, and then later on in the program, we're going to... I'm going to be giving out some prizes. I am going to talk as well about low sexual desire in women. It's a very common issue. Uh, this I wanted to mention that I'm speaking at uh, TEDx Stanley Park 2016, which is at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. So if you haven't got your tickets yet, do uh, pick some up if you like. I think if you use my name. Uh, you can get a discount. Check that out. Anyway, email me. You know me. I'll probably give you a discount anyway, so just email me. I'll probably be giving out some free tickets uh, as it gets closer to the event. But uh, I'm going to be talking about sex and marriage. I'm not really sure what one has to do with the other, but I'm going to do, give it my best. Um, for a lot of women, low sexual desire is a big problem, and there is a Health Canada-approved botanical all-natural oil for low sexual desire in women. It is called Zestra. It is the only one. It, that it, that is available and that is approved by Health Canada. Uh, it's been in the States for about 10 years, and it has just arrived to our fine country. So if you have this particular problem and dare to admit it on the airwaves, you can give me a call. The number to call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I have Steve on the line. Hello, Steve. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm uh, good, thanks. I just have a quick question for you sure um first of all is is it um is it any truth to uh uh giving your wife oral sex will increase increase her chance of cancer you know not exactly but it's the hpv virus that is responsible for a lot of the cervical cancers so um it's really related to a virus so if uh, and many of us actually can um, get the HPV virus. We may or may not uh, have that, but a lot of people shed the virus. Uh, so not necessarily, but it can be transmitted um, through sexual relations. So, um, But for the most part, you know, if you're in a monogamous, long-term relationship, Yes, yeah, it's, it's my wife I'm talking about. Yes, but... Uh, but um, that doesn't does not necessarily mean <laughs> people have sex together. No, if you're are you in a long term relationship? Yes, uh, fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yes. And you're you're monogamous. Yes, I am. Yes. Um, yeah. So you should absolutely be fine. Um, the HPV virus, which I believe is what you're referring to, is sexually transmitted, and it's generally spread through contact with infected genital skin mucous membranes or bodily fluids. So it can be passed through uh, intercourse and oral sex, but if you have it, that's the, um, that's the ticket. So if you don't have HPV, then you should be fine. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you very much, and you have a great night. You're very welcome, and thank you so much. All right. Well, that was a great call. And uh, sexually transmitted infections is a, is a great subject that requires 
uh, education, and um, that is definitely one I'm going to be covering in the next few weeks. Um, Just to keep in mind, HPV can infect skin not normally covered by a condom, so using a condom doesn't necessarily fully protect somebody from this virus. So it's important to remember that. That's why it is important to practice safe sex. But first, got to have it. And that's what this show is about. Anyway, uh, so it's great to be with you. It's always my pleasure to come to you every Sunday evening. Feel free to give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. When I come back, we're going to be talking about conscious dating and some of those dating traps you might find yourself in. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. A great Merle Haggard tune there, The Bottle Let Me Down. Sometimes dating can let you down, too. And to talk about this, Mimi, Mimi Lazon is here. She is a conscious dating coach and a matchmaker, and it's an honor to have you here in the studio with me, Mimi, to uh, help people consciously date. So <laughs> what exactly is conscious dating? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. What a gorgeous view we have up here. Um, thank you. Uh, and I lo- always love talking about dating and the trials and tribulations, all of the good stuff. Um, so conscious dating is really about entering dating with your heart, but also not leaving your mind behind. Um, I guess the the best way to go over it in is there's a three kind of step approach. First, it's really going into it with a positive mindset. Um, Mindset is such a huge part to dating success and actually finding that relationship and that person that you're really looking for. You know, I hear so many times, you know, all the the good ones are taken or... Well, uh, they are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only kidding. (laughs) That is not true. Don't spread that around. Dispel the myths. Go on. (laughs) Um, You know, and I've been caught in those negative mindsets as well, but whatever you believe, it will be true for you. So if you come to me with those kind of limiting mindsets, we work on that to kind of switch your thinking into, you know, hey, there's so many men out there. All we need is that one for you. Let's switch those. Do you mainly focus on women? In fact, just tell me a little bit about what you do and how you apply this technique. And is it mainly women that you're uh, trying to fix up? Well, I mean, I started off as a matchmaker. I work with It's Just Lunch, and I am super, super passionate about relationships and helping people find love and being a part of their story is so super exciting, and I just get so jazzed about it when it works. Um, But matchmaking is a great avenue, but it's not the only avenue. And I feel like there are some reasons why some people don't get success in that arena. And a lot of the times it's the negative mindsets. You know, they can come to us and get a membership, but if they don't believe that it can work for them, if they don't, if they don't believe that they can receive love and that they deserve love, then we can match them a million times and they won't get it. That's very important that yeah. people feel they're worthy enough to receive love. So who would need conscious dating? Um, anybody who has had failed relationships and they're just kind of starting to give up or starting to get negative or saying things like, I give up and there's no good ones out there. And But isn't that <laughs> going to be hard when you've got this negative Nancy or Debbie Downer, you're putting them out in the dating world? Isn't it going to be harder for them to attract 
that right kind of person? Exactly. And that's what conscious dating is all about, is about really working with a coach to kind of unlock those 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 negative limiting beliefs and, you know, switching that around and empowering the person to really believe that there are good ones out there and that you deserve love and you can attract it. It's the laws of attraction. You know, working once you start changing your mindset and believing that you are worthy of that and that they are out there, you're more likely to attract it. And so if somebody is upbeat and positive and optimistic and and has a collective consciousness, shall we say, um, is uh, energetic, they are likely to attract the same type of person into their love life? Yes, yes, that's one step of it. But then it's there's also a practical approach. You know, we, there's a lot of exercises that we do together. Um, you know, really. Getting, what name one of the exercises? Well, please. one of them is is getting clear about what your requirements, your needs, and your wants are. Your requirements are um, like your non-negotiables, the things that are absolutely crucial for you to have a healthy long-term relationship. Um, and then your needs, needs. So are, things like what? What would somebody? Uh, desire to have a healthy long-term relationship beyond those things like job and type of car somebody drives and right. um, previous so much relationships. <laughs> There's so much of that here. And when sexual attraction and sexual desire is involuntary, you know, and so, and people don't mm-hmm. place enough, uh, maybe you find this uh, uh, different to my perception, but they don't place enough value on the sexual attraction in a relationship. And it's like, I want someone who's tall and I want somebody who's, who's well off and has Mm -hmm. a professional job and drives this kind of a car and has never been in a relationship before. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so Mm -hmm. what are some of the things, but rarely do you hear, I want somebody that I'm sexually attracted to that I'm, that's good in bed. Well, actually, as a matchmaker, I hear that all too often. Or I wasn't sexually attracted to them. But, you know, what is that? You know, okay, it's important to have the sexual attraction, but that can last three months and then after you're bored. You know, like, what is it beyond that that's going to be fulfilling for a long term? So a requirement would be, like, somebody that... um, uh, a requirement is like, okay, healthy living is like a requirement. I need someone who's into health and activity, and that's important. Honesty. I need a high level of honesty and safety in my relationship. Um, and that looks different for different people, but really getting really crystal clear about what works for you. And everybody has different requirements. Everybody has different needs. Um, but, you know, yes. And feeling safe with somebody, I imagine. Yes. Feeling secure and safe with somebody that they have your back and they will look after you. Absolutely. Uh, I would imagine would be another requirement. So dating mm-hmm. in Vancouver, how is matchmaking different? Dating dating in Vancouver is difficult. You know, the word on the street is that, you know, it's very hard to meet somebody. Uh, there's no good men. We hear that all the time or good available men. Uh, so how's matchmaking different? Matchmaking is really great because the guys and the women that come to us have really committed you know, to finding a partner and they're putting their money where their mouth is. A lot of people say, oh, I want a relationship. Oh, I want to find someone. But what are you actually doing to get that? You know, what effort are you putting forth? You know, your choices really determine your priorities, the, ch- the choices that you're making. So if you're just sitting at home, you're saying, oh, I want the relationship. Just well, on Tinder. Yeah, just, on uh, Tinder. Yeah, that's yeah, not really committing, right. you know. So people who come to a matchmaker, they're committing to that process. They're committing to really finding that uh, partnership. Um, so that's why it's a, a very effective method. To and do they, is it expensive? Do they sign up for a membership? How does it well, work? Well, there's different options. But I mean, yes, it is an investment. But that's also part of the kind of weeding out process. You Best know? money they'll ever spend. <laughs> it 
Actually, I just had lunch with a client who I matched and, you know, she's happily, um, you know, with that partner still. And um, it's just so exciting when it works. It's just amazing. And it is worth the investment. And what percentage of your clients actually successfully meet somebody and walk down that aisle and don't have sex on their wedding night, by oh, the way? So Jessa, hard. No, I just... <laughs> That's really hard to gauge, you know, because it, you know, I, I'd say a very high percentage of people do find relationship, um, but there's also that percentage that don't, yeah, you know, exactly. but we can only go so far. It's like, I, I always say to clients, you know, we're like an agent. We can get you the audition, but you got to seal the deal. That's right. You exactly. got to show up. You got to look your best. You got to be an exciting, happy person. Let's <laughs> get to look your best. Okay. How does style contribute to sexual attraction? Surprisingly, it's it's a big contributor. Um, being bet. in fashion for many years, you know, you can take, and I've done lots of makeovers over the years, and you can take a guy who's just got the heart of gold, who's just an amazing guy, but just the girls aren't giving him a chance because he's got dad jeans or he's got, like... I don't know, just, you know, a beard or he's got, it's not taking enough. Don't you think, uh, well, don't you like beards or do women not like beards? I mean, beards can be very sexy, very attractive. (laughs) If it's well-groomed, if it's well-groomed, hygiene is a very important quality and some people just don't put enough Well, there's a lot of lumber sexuals walking around the city right now and yeah, they are very hot. (laughs) And uh, so let's not, um, let's not. So it's not necessarily the beard, but depress <laughs> all the guys with facial hair out there. It's more about the hygiene. Hygiene and putting the effort forth. You know, a guy guys love that visual stimulation of a woman who, you know, does her hair and looks great and Do, feels do sex- they really? Yes. Because I always think a guy likes just somebody who's comfortable in their own skin and can wear jeans and whatever. It doesn't always have to be all dolled up. Yeah. I think women dress for women and men undress women <laughs> well, <laughs> with their I, eyes. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But still, I mean, it's all a numbers game, right? So if you are single, why not put that extra effort forth to get more options, you know? And having that initial attraction is what gives you that opportunity to get to know someone beyond the surface. Exactly. So, so it does make an it does make a difference, especially in the beginning dating stages. Right. We have a lot single. of broken people in this society, you know, and mm-hmm. getting back to a more serious subject. Um, so somebody who may not feel worthy... Um, and they may not feel that they deserve love or they deserve a great life or they deserve other things that other people may have in life. Uh, they're never quite good enough. They're, they're the ones nobody ever, you know, w- would have married in, in a particular social circle or whatever. So how would you guide them in terms of helping? I mean, that's a lot of work to help them to get to understand and know that they are that everybody on this planet is worthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's not one way to do it. You know, I, I really work with each individual differently because everybody has different stories to tell and different reasons why they feel that way. But there is really a lid for every pot. And it's a cheesy cliche thing I say, but there really is. And sometimes I work with people who start off just feeling very defeated and not feeling very worthy. And through coaching and through the right questions and through the right exercises, you know, can really have these breakthroughs. Um, And, you know, just going out there and actually starting the process of dating, sometimes that can be fun and exciting. Getting in 
involved in activities that they really enjoy and connecting with people that are like-minded. You know, working on that confidence aspect is a process. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's worth the effort and it's worth the investment of time because it can really change your life. Well, fantastic. Now, how do people get a hold of you for your services? Well, you can connect with me on Facebook. There's a, I have Mimi Lazan, a certified professional coach. So find me on there. You can uh, find me on my website as well. Send me a message. There's actually right now. Um, and your a, website is? Uh, well, it's Mimi Lazan. It's a kickoff. M-I-M-I. M-I-M-I. L-A-U-Z-O-N. I just have a landing page right now where you can actually enter and you can get a relationship readiness assessment to see nice. if you are really ready to start dating. And it'll kind of guide you to see maybe if there are some areas where you could, you know, use some work and use some uh, some focus. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Great tips, great thank advice, you. and uh, great services. So uh, I look forward to having you back on the show and so uh, talk a little me. bit more about uh, some of the dating traps people get into. <laughs> anyway, that was Mimi Lazan. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Up next, Bridezilla's. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I am Maureen McGrath, and the wedding season is upon us. Of course, it takes like a year or two to prep for that perfect, absolutely fabulous $60,000-plus wedding. So here in the studio to dispel some of the myths about bridezillas and tell us the latest fashion in bridal gowns and bridesmaids dresses as well perhaps is jennifer logan manson of west coast wedding services welcome to the studio jennifer oh hi maureen and thank you so much for having me on the show tonight oh you are so welcome now you are the expert in wedding dresses and that has perhaps made you the expert in bridezillas so <laughs> is that uh how common is uh what, what's it like to be a bride uh and shop for the perfect dress and what does that do to to women well, you know, it's 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 crazy. It's like girls gone wild. They come into the shop. They want to get a dress. They bring their entourage, their mom, their mother-in-law, their BFF. It's it's a jury really sitting on the couch judging the gal when she comes out in her gown, and she can get um, you know it can go either way as to whether and and does she are are these. These brides have to be pretty confident to stand up against this jury, I guess, to if they don't like the dress she's wearing and she likes it. So that must be pretty hard as well. I imagine women go through a number of dresses before they find that perfect one. And do they ever find that perfect one? Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, they go through a lot of dresses. Uh, and, th- yeah, she's she lacks confidence, actually, when she's on stage. And that is why she brings in her entourage, because she's looking for people to give her the thumbs up and just, you know. Oh, say, something she likes. Yes. And a lot of times she will like the dress, but somebody in her in her team doesn't like it, and it throws her off, and she's crying, and that's when the bridezilla comes out. And so tell me about Bridezilla. What's she like? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, you know, either she'll cry or she'll start yelling at people or she'll just, she refuses to even come out of the change room because now she's lacking her self-confidence. And how much is it about the dress as opposed to the marriage versus, you know, we go from the dress to the wedding to the sex to the marriage, I guess. (laughs) And so is there any relationship there? Is that why I'm doing a talk at Stanley Park, TEDx Stanley Park? (laughs) 
on sex and marriage, not sure of the relationship, but go ahead. Oh, gosh, it's all about the dress. I don't know if it's because of social media and just, you know, the photograph and do I look good in this dress? Um, and do they come into the studio looking amazing? Like, are they in tip-top shape? Or are they anorexic, perhaps? Have they lost a significant amount of weight? Are they, not, are they unrecognizable? Or are they overweight? Does weight, body image? I mean, I imagine it has a would have a big effect on it. Total body image. You've got your, well, and it's not just even the weight. It could be the height because the dresses come in a size 5'9 model. So a lot of them have to be altered to their height ratio, which could be 5'2", five 5'4". Five so a dress that looks good on someone who's 5'9", even if it's shortened, it may not look good on somebody who's 5'2". Exactly. And you need to, with their body shapes, if you are petite, you need to, you know, the, the dress needs to be fitted to the body style. So, X, you can't come in there looking for a mermaid dress if you don't have a mermaid body, let's say. Right. Okay, so that makes sense. Who has a mermaid body? <laughs> well, there's a lot of girls that do. <laughs> but a lot of girls come in with the image of looking as like a mermaid, and they walk out with a ball gown. So they come in with one idea and leave with another. Right. And they leave happily? Yeah. Yes. A lot of times they do. I've sold lots of dresses. And sometimes do you look at them and think, why have you chosen that dress? <laughs> I mean, that is dreadful. You look like Dracula. <laughs> well, no, I don't, actually. I love my job. So when the gals come in and if they've never tried on a dress, I have them in all the silhouettes. So I'll put them in the ball gown. I'll put them in the mermaid. Put them in the A-line, the sheath style. And then we can narrow down what looks good on her body type. And then we'll pull out selections like that. Right. And and how expensive are wedding dresses? They range. Oh, gosh. Um, I've seen them as low as two fifty. dollars Really? Yeah. That's, you know, you can. You can find a bargain on, on there. Um, also, we've sold probably 3000 but I know other shops sell at 5000 Oh, gosh, Kleinfeld's ten, twenty, thirty thousand. 30000 Right, mean, for exactly. For a wedding gown. For a dress that may not last, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that may outlast the marriage, actually. There are a number of, 52% of brides do not have sex on their wedding night. Are you surprised at that? I'm very surprised Statistic. at Statistic. Very surprised. We had really? sex on our wedding night, though. Oh, well, you don't have to disclose here, Jennifer. That's not what this uh, is about. This is a study uh, that involved over 2,000 people that was commissioned by Voucher Codes Pro. So 52% of newlyweds do not make love on their wedding night, and 17% wait for more than three days after the ceremony. And um, one of the reasons for this is, and which is why we played the Merle Haggard song, to remind people, 24 uh, percent of the couples in the study said they didn't have sex on the wedding night because the groom was true drunk. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> what does that... Don't serve alcohol at your wedding. Well, you got to serve alcohol, but uh, well, some, not all weddings have to serve alcohol, but it's very common to serve alcohol. But, but the groom getting drunk on, on day one may be foreshadowing, may be uh, a sign of things to come or not, shall we say? Yeah. Um, yeah, so how much does, is the groom involved in uh, the wedding dress purchase? You know, that's another thing I've noticed as well, is there's a lot of the fiancés that are coming in with the bride, and I love it, actually, because mm -hmm. what they can do is they can... They want to know what they're going to be wearing as well. So they can look at her, what she's wearing for her wedding dress. Aren't they, they supposed to keep that? Isn't that bad luck? Isn't that superstition that if you see the bride's dress, that's it? That's, it's over? It's so no matter how many times you have dinner together or how much sex you have, your, <laughs> your marriage may not last that long. But, you know, it used to be back in the day that the girl would come out and nobody saw her wedding dress except maybe her mother. But now she's got her whole entourage. So it's not Absolutely. even... Absolutely. And then she's posting it on social media. And social media plays a big role in weddings 
today, you were saying. Huge. Huge. How many likes did I get? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's all about affirmation. I yeah. mean, we are re- we need to feed our souls, it sounds like, uh, out there in the world. I don't know. People are putting their lives on Facebook. I'm not so sure about that and social media. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, people, I think, who um, aren't at peace with themselves. And that's sort of certainly another sign that they're wondering how many like who cares with uh, other people like your wedding dress if you feel good in it and look good in it that's it so how do people get in touch with you jennifer you can go to my website it's uh west coast wedding services and on my about page i actually work out of two shops on Hastings street my phone number is there and i'd love to have you to come down for an appointment fantastic and i know you do a great job i see all those wedding dresses you post on facebook and i love choosing which one i like (laughs) anyway well thank you so much for uh coming in great to talk to you and good luck with uh all the bridezillas oh and thank you so much for having me on the show maureen you are very welcome always lovely lovely to see you all right we'll take care all right so when i return we are going to be talking about me (laughs) not really uh me and my hoga mat and my exercise plan and my personal training sean seal joins me After some time, as I said, on the phone and in the car, we finally did get down to the gym, and I have to say, I am impressed. He may not be with me. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Great little tune there by Grover Washington Jr. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. If if you've just joined me, welcome. Fabulous to have you. Um... It's always my pleasure to be here with you talking about sex and everything that's related to sex because everything is related to sex. Even exercise is related to sex. So fortunately, uh, I met uh, Sean Seal on Twitter. (laughs) If I don't meet them on the street, I meet them on Twitter, some other social media form. And um, I was attracted to his description of what he did as a personal trainer because he focused on ambitious women, dare I call myself an ambitious woman, who was interested in upper body strength, improving or getting some. I have none. So, Sean, thanks for coming <laughs> back to the studio. Thanks to you. Great to see you Great again. Great to see you too. Uh, so I started on my program. I have to say it's, uh, um, I'm very impressed and I will tell you why. Um, first of all, I got out my hoga mat, which um, is a great new fangled yoga mat which has a towel attached and it's nice and padded and um comes in hot pink my favorite color uh (laughs) so so you always have to look good and you know be dressed well and have a good yoga mat and good equipment you know it's got to be designer to make you know i ski better when my ski clothing is better my tennis outfit is better i always hit the ball harder but anyway um i digress uh so i Started, um, you, we met yesterday at the gym. We did, we yeah. Finally got there after <laughs> some, <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> some confusion. It did. As I said to you, I'm blonde and I am busy. Do not change anything <laughs> on me, even if I respond to you. Uh, so we got to the gym, and I was expecting that I was going to be absolutely exhausted after this, right? Yes, and I yeah. thought, I, oh my gosh, you know, I've got to be like, I really prepped prior to, didn't mm-hmm. overdo it the day before. And, um, but you, you know, demonstrated everything. Yeah. I, I felt some twinges to, today, but um, just that it, I'd moved some muscles that had not been touched <laughs> in, or, or, or uh, um, yeah, found known <laughs> uh for a long time uh so my shoulders and my back it felt good it was a Great. good feeling and i didn't feel exhausted and i went back and did my program today which was great because 
you um, provided me with an Excel spreadsheet and yeah, did, some yeah. uh, information on a reminder how to do all of the exercises. So that was good. So yes. I'm feeling great. Cool. So I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. And I realize that it's a progression, which it is, is good. Yeah. It's not going to like I didn't have to lift 400 pound barbell, you know, 20 pounds was <laughs> yes. good. Yeah. And, and I could do that, which was which was great. So I do have a question for you, though, yes. before you get into the tips. You mentioned something about like I have to measure everything, measure mm-hmm. my yeah. body on like 20 different parts. That's fine. A little less than that, but yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 10. Uh, a lot. A lot of space. A lot of places. A few, a few spots. So yes. are some parts of me going to get bigger? <laughs> like... My um, arms, upper arms, will they get bigger or will they get trimmer and more sculpted? <laughs> so it, it all depends on what happens because in the process, uh, first of all, some people might actually gain weight when they start an, an exercise program due to inflammation. Oh. Uh, that can actually happen. Okay. Uh, so that's why you know the scale is one, uh, one, t- one way to measure your progress, but it shouldn't be the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, pictures are the best way to go because you can actually see the, the differences. Right. Uh, and, and yes, you should see some differences as far as measurements go. Uh, but again, you might lose some fat. Uh, so that might, you know, shrink the, the measurement a little bit. Right. But then you might build some muscle uh, on top of this. So so that might increase. Exactly. So it's hard to tell uh, right off the bat what's going to happen in the future. But it's good to have a few different ways to measure progress. Right. So I think the pictures are great. The measurements are great. The scale is as well. Uh, and then, you know, how you feel, I think, is Probably the most important, if you're not competing in a sport, uh, how you feel after two or three months of regularly exercising right. is a great indicator of whether it's good or good for you or not. Yes. Because really that's what you want at the end of the day. You're not going to win any, or I mean, compete in any uh, great competitions. You just want to feel better. I am running the Sun Run next week and hoping to win. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm hoping to finish. Um, but normally I never train for that. I just get out there and, and run. I mean, I just do live my regular life, yeah. which, um, but I don't really go running prior to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I might hike or play tennis before. Yeah, but, you said uh, you walk a lot. I do walk a fair bit as well, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I can get out there and do that. But, yeah. uh, but I'm hoping I'm going to do it better uh, next week, being in just that much better shape. Yeah, you, I'm uh, sure week. you will be. So, and I'm going to be doing this three times this week. Yeah, exactly. and uh, which is which is doable, especially for somebody like me. It is. We, we talked quite busy. Yeah, we talked about it beforehand. So we, uh, I think it's important to take into account, you know, your schedule, where you start from. Like we talked about last week uh, with the tip of the week, uh, you need to you need to see where you're at before right. you start. Exactly. Uh, so if you know you're overloaded with work and you're really stressed out and you don't have time to you know to go to the gym five times a week. Well, you should maybe start with twice a week, 20 minutes with a quick circuit just to get you going, get you moving. And then you build on that because, uh, like, like you said before, it's a, it, it should be a long-term goal. Right. You know, jumping on the train f- just for 12 weeks to get your body ready for the summer, and that's great. And that works for some people. Uh, but I think that if you forget this for the rest of the year after this, uh, that's not the best way to go. You've got to rebound uh, in the wrong direction. E- exactly. So I'd rather see you start easy and then build up to, to more over time. Right. One of the ways that I measure things is if my clothing fits or not. And I tend not to wear stretch clothing because yes. I think that can give you false uh, acceptance that you're in good shape or, yeah. you know, that you're... So I tend to... Uh, Except for tonight, I have stretch clothing on. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Uh, but it's tight stretch clothing. <laughs> I wear fitted. And yes. so fitted, uh, you know, will 
anyway, that will be one way. Is that That's an another, acceptable yes, absolutely. way it's, to do that? Like I said, there's many ways to measure it, and the more the better. Okay. To get the overall picture instead of just focusing on one of them. That's right. And I was also surprised that although I requested upper body mm-hmm. strength, uh, we uh, isolated the core and the glutes we as did. well. Yes. Which is excellent. Yes. And I definitely need that. I think everybody could use some. Yes. Uh, so even though you requested upper body specifically, right. uh, the core is still part of the upper body, uh, just as much as the lower body. And again, I like to think of the body as one unit. Uh, you know, we can s- separate somewhat the muscles and isolate them when we train. Right. But the more we think of it as one big system, the, the better you're going to be in the long run. Exactly. And uh, so why is it important that somebody has a strong core? Uh, because it, it simply links everything you do with your legs and your upper body. It's 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 the central part. I mean, the name of it. It's the core uh, of your body. Everything sort of revolves around it. Uh, and if your core doesn't isn't strong enough to support your upper body, uh, then you run into problems. And and so some of them could be back pain, for example. Okay. Uh, and especially for people who are sitting in cars a lot on transit or sitting at a desk uh, for for long periods of time. Uh, it tends to to be a problem. Exactly. And um, and how about the glutes? Why is it important to get the glutes uh, in stronger and in good shape? Uh, first of all, to make you look great. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm sold. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it also helps uh, with with the whole core and how how it's how it's positioned. Uh, so having strong glutes is going to help you in everyday life. Uh, from from you know mundane activities to to performing in sports as well. I think it's it's a part of the body that's neglected. I, I think most women. I think most women do you know target it uh, for aesthetics reason uh, uh, reasons. I would say, um, but I think the men shy away from it because it looks it looks girly to to do glute uh, exercises. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, I think I think that's why a lot of men shy away from them. But oh, okay. uh, I I think they're very beneficial, both for men and women. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that mm-hmm. uh, men may not do something because of a perception that may, or women may, you know, may be the same. There may be an exercise that women shy away from yeah. because it's like Kegel exercises. Kegel exercises are important for men to do as well, but they're associated with women. Yes, but men can leak urine also, mm-hmm. and also uh, having strong pelvic floor will increase sexual satisfaction and, and sensation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this, you know, we're all for the getting those glutes in good shape, guys. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> the G squared, the G cubed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's great. So how can people get in touch with you uh, if they want to have your services? Yes, yeah, so they can find me on my website, upsidestrength.com. Uh, or uh, find me on Twitter, at Sean Seal, that's S-E-A-N-S-E-A-L-E. I'm also on Facebook, so feel free to message me anytime. Which is great, yes. Yeah. And you blog also? I do, yes. Yes, So where, and where, where, are your, where are your blogs? Do you post them on Facebook and social media, or do I you do, have I, a website too? I, I have them on my website, so mm-hmm. you go to my website slash blog. Uh, and then I share them, obviously, on, on all the social media All platforms. right, and you're not going to tell anybody what I was like yesterday and, and last week, too. This took a little to get started, so <laughs> it's all private and confidential, right, Sean? Sure, we'll keep it, we'll keep it 
you know, just between the two of us. Uh, just yeah. the two of us, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> between just the two of us. People don't need to know about me. That's for darn sure. Uh, well, thank you so much. I'm very excited about this program. I'm looking forward to it. I am going to do all my measurements. Okay. And I will be, uh, I've committed to three times yes. uh, to the gym this week. I'm busy, but I'm actually not stressed out. I'm not, I'm just not of that personality. I don't tend to get uh, stressed out. But, uh, so I, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm I feel like I'm feeling better already. It might be the placebo effect. It which, might be, uh, but I mean, I mean, that's again, you feel better, so that's that's a win right there. Absolutely, yeah. Day yeah. one, exactly. <laughs> Lifted a couple <laughs> of pounds, and there you go. I'm I'm better than ever. Anyway, well, thanks for coming to the studio. We'll see you next week, and absolutely, uh, we may have some different things to report. Anyway, when I come back into this. Uh, I'm going to be telling you, when I come back, I'm going to be telling you what is coming up in the second hour of the show. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Hello. I love that song. Do you love that song, Adele? Hello. Is there someone you are wanting to say hello to? You should call them. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. The show is now two hours. We've just gotten through the first hour. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Learned a little bit. Loved a little bit more. Um, so in the second hour, we're going to be doing a few other things. I have some prizes to give out. A prize, as you know. I have my What's the Buzz section, and I tested a new health aid <laughs> that happens to vibrate uh, today. I, what a job, huh? Somebody's got to have it. Uh, and um, I have one for you. It's The Rave. Anyway, so you can, in the second hour, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, so I'll be giving that out as well. I'll give you the number when I return also. Also, last week I had Connor Beaton on the show. He's the creator of Man Talks, the School of Greatness. And I attended part of the event and met Muzzy. Muzzy is a... Uh, was an attendee at the event, and he is one of those guys that wants to be a greater man. And he's going to talk to me about some of the challenges that he has faced in his young life already. Also, are you wondering whether your marriage will last a lifetime? Well, there's about 10 questions you need to ask yourselves to see if you're going to be able to stand the test of time. One of those ways is to start out right. Start out on the right foot and talking sex, if you will. So I'm going to talk to you about why it's important to talk fantasies, fetishes, and desires to your lover. Also, about 16% of women experience sexual pain, and I'm going to share a story with you about a patient of mine. So when I come back, get ready. This show is going overtime. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.